This is the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Pods and leave a five-star review. Also, follow us on Instagram at Sixers Group Therapy. On today's episode, the Sixers complete a season sweep of the Celtics for the first time in 20 years. Embiid returns to his MVP form. Ben's roller coaster season continues as recently he's been struggling offensively and it's just been a really up and down season from him. Also, with all these buyouts and open tanking from the Magic and OKC Thunder, we must ask, is the sanctity of the game in danger? Also, does George Hill even exist? And finally, at the end, we have a a little food discussion. This might be the most important thing we talk about on the podcast. So, with all that being said, here's first name Dane. Welcome back to another session of Sixers Group Therapy. That's the only Sixers podcast that is also a Phillies podcast. I think I think they're losing tonight, though. Anyway, uh, I'm joined by the fellows. This is our first pod in a while. Uh, first pod since MB came back. Um, so first, we have uh, I didn't think of anything for you guys today. June, how are you? I'm uh, officially 30 years old, and I am. Uh... I'm fully vaccinated, so I can't wait till I get back into the Wells Fargo Center All right. and get some cheese fries. Craft fries. I uh, I got some tickets, June, so I'll let you know what dates are going. Let's let's go to a game. I uh, I really want to get back there and pay thirty dollars for crab fries. <laughs> Next, we have Ponzi Wells, aka Crip Hamilton, aka Dave DeBacco. How are you, buddy? Fantastic. Good to be back, fellas. June, happy belated birthday. I feel like we talked about your birthday. The last time we talked and then, but it didn't happen yet. So happy belated, buddy. Thank you. Finally 30. After all these years of being 30, you're finally actually 30. (laughs) And last but not least, we got JV Mudbones. I swore you were more than one like year older than us at all times. I would have guessed you turned 32. I've been telling everyone that June's been 30 for like the past decade. And some people actually (laughs) believe it, so... Uh, anyway, fellas, good night. The Sixers beat the Celtics uh, by a score of uh, – it's loading. Anyway, this was uh, – it was 106 to 96. And this was a – this completed a sweep, which is the first time the Sixers have swept the Celtics since 2001. Uh, and Bede came back to his MVP form. He had 35 points. The defense looked good. Danny was hitting threes. Uh, and it was nice to get a pretty easy win over the hated Celtics after, especially after that horrible Memphis game, which was without Embiid, so it doesn't count. Uh, but guys, uh, we'll, go, we'll go in order. Quick reaction from the game. What do you guys think? I didn't get to see much of it. I was uh, flip-flopping back and forth. But, uh, June, you go first. Uh, well, the game was kind of competitive in, like, the first half. Then we uh, kind of just blew them away. Like, they didn't have any answers for Embiid. Like, they had a uh, – what's his name? Robert – is it Robert Williams or something? Yeah. The shot blocker, the young guy. The time Lord. Yeah, like, he had no chance. And then they had Cornette, who has 
who also has no chance. Uh, I mean, we were good. This is our first sweep against the Celtics since like 2001. That was like good omen right there, 2001. So, yeah, all in all, very good win. Impressive. They're not. They're not as good as us. Dave, what you think? I agree. No, they're it's uh they're definitely not as good as we are. We uh it seems like we kind of bully them out there. They have like like June said, they have absolutely nobody that can hold a candle to Embiid, who looks fantastic, by the way. I was prepared to never do this podcast again a few weeks ago when he landed on his knee like that. <laughs> and uh I I am just elated how how good he looks and right back to MVP to form. And uh, it was a nice commanding win. It was close. It was a lot of back and forth in the first quarter, but we kind of just came out to a lead in the second quarter and didn't really look back after, after that. So um, it was a good win, but Embiid looked great. And that was my biggest takeaway. Good to see him back. And, uh, you know, games without him don't count. So we're, uh, we're 2-0 and since he came back. I think we improved to 27-7 uh, and seven, or 26-7 and seven when Embiid plays. There's, there's your MVP case right there. Uh, right. and like, yeah, I mean, if you, we always say we're worried about playing the Celtics, but if we play them in the first round series, like we, we should beat them and probably pretty handily, uh, JB, what'd you say? Um, it was, it felt good to have just a stress-free win against, uh, alleged good team or are they not even good anymore? They just fell below 500 again. What's different? Tatum's overrated, obviously. Brown's a better player. I love Jalen Brown. Yeah. Isn't Robert Williams the rookie that like fell asleep his first practice? <laughs> or is I was it him or the the Knicks guy? I always confuse him and like Mitchell Robinson. Oh, uh, Mitchell Robinson. I confuse them too. Uh, I I don't remember. I remember one of them uh, missed their first practice or was late because they slept in. And I thought it was hilarious. That, was, I know you. And the reason why I think that was Robert Williams. I'll I'll look it up. You're right. You missed a flight, I think. Oh God! <laughs> Even better. Um, I think I think Boston's in trouble. I mean, think about how it played out. I mean, the the Boston team that beat us in the in the first or the in the second round a couple of years ago, um, the first time with Scary Terry. I mean, they were they were set to be the next powerhouse. They had. Irving, who was hurt at the time, but he was coming back. Hayward and Horford were the, were the big free agent signings. Brown and Tatum were the up-and-comers. They still had the Kings pick. They had that Memphis pick. I mean, they had everything. And now it's like the dust has cleared, and it's like, what do they have to show for it? They have Brown and Tatum, who are great. Um, they got Kemba Walker. Um, but, I mean, he's kind of like a shell of, of his former self. Um, they have absolutely no center whatsoever. They have no juicy draft assets to trade for somebody. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Marcus Smart is unhappy and causing turmoil in the locker room. Brad Stevens is looking frustrated on the sidelines. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about Boston right now. I don't know how they where they go from here. I think he he seems to be a. I, I don't. I don't think his message or his locker room control can last much longer. I mean, they've had playoff exits. I was. I mean, to be expected because they weren't the best team in the East, but. A 500 season is Boston's going to get a little antsy soon. Mm-hmm. I'd, lo- I'd love to tap into uh, Boston sports talk radio and see what those creatures sound like <laughs> times like these. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, Dave, you hit it right on, like right on the head. Like they had uh, Bill Simmons was calling for a 67 win team. 
the, uh, <laughs> That's great. Was it the 1819 season? They had a starting lineup of what? Kyrie, Horford, um, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward. They, they still had Marcus Morris, too, I think. They had a very, very oh my good God. team. Yeah, they had Marcus yeah, Morris, Rozier, Terry Rozier. Yeah, they were stacked. And they had the Kings pick and the Grizzlies pick, too, which they could have easily put in a trade for a disgruntled star. Angel, you know, he's always this close, but, you know. And not they, much to show for Who they draft? Uh, Romeo yeah, when, Langford? Mm-hmm. Or whatever? Or Jer- uh, Jeremy Langford? I'm confusing their names. I don't even remember. Romeo Romeo uh, Langford was the, was the Kings pick we traded in the, the yeah. Fultz trade. And uh, uh, Aaron Smith? What did you say, the Grizzlies Smith. pick? Or yeah, was the, whatever. Was the Grizzlies pick Neesmith? Did that convey? Do they still have it next year? Or what happened with that? I'll find out. Uh, I think they picked they picked, they picked Neesmith 14th. What I assume was the Grizzlies pick, but I could be wrong. Because the Grizzlies missed the playoffs, right? They did. They lost to Portland. Yeah, so I think that right. was the Grizzlies pick. But anyway, like they don't have much to show for it. You're right. And uh I'm in, I'm enjoying it. I really am. Yeah, I, fuck uh, them. Ever, ever since that playoff series in 18, you know. It's it's been it's been fun to watch, but uh, you know me, I'm never the, someone to count out the Celtics. But like I said, if we face them in the first round of the playoffs, which is definitely a possibility, they're the seventh seed right now behind the Heat and the Hornets. The Heat also getting destroyed by Memphis tonight, by the way. Um, that that should be a that should win in like five six games. What do you guys think? Yeah, you agree? Can't count my chickens yet. What against the Celtics? <laughs> If we're being reasonable, we should be. We should, we should win five. five yeah. But it's it's never reasonable with the Celtics, so we're not <laughs> going to assume anything. Um, guys, uh, Ben Simmons has been struggling lately. He, uh, I think, he didn't have such a great offensive game. Was pretty good defensively on Jason Tatum. Yeah, what do you guys fine. think is is up with him? Jay, I don't get him. Talking. Well, he. he he always and it's it's amazing he smothered the shit out of Jason Tatum. Um he he's Embiid's Marcus All, but better. Um I like that. But I I don't get him on offense. It's like he turns a page and is better Ben for a 10 game stretch and then he's back to this where it's like he seems kind of lost. I don't I don't know what the problem is, and it's just kind of annoying. Uh, June, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think Joe mentioned he has these spurts of games. Like, he's aggressive. He's showing flashes of, like, assertiveness that he's willing to do things on offense. But I think, what, since the All-Star break, he hasn't looked like what he was before entering the break. Like, he's looked like a shell of himself. He's... They're very timid, not really doing much on offense, kind of doing a lot of those stop the dribble and just pick up the ball and look where to pass the ball to. And that's I don't know I don't know I don't know what's up with him. And I don't know if it's gonna improve and have that that spurt of like aggressiveness in the playoffs, or it's is this what we're gonna see in the playoffs, huh? So yeah, I'm not sure. I have a pretty interesting stat pulled up from uh, Rich Hoffman. Uh, he was pretty bad during his first 13 games. If you guys remember, we were calling for him to be traded for, I don't know, a, a bag of nickels or something. <laughs> um, 
But his first thir- he his last eleven games before tonight, he was actually worse than his first thirteen games. His first thirteen games, he had twelve points per game on a fifty-five percent true shooting percentage. His next eighteen, which when he was great and you know made the push for the All Star game, he averaged nineteen points per game on a sixty-five percent true shooting percentage. The last eleven games, thirteen points on forty-nine percent true shooting percentage. Like his, his his free throw rates down, and he's not making his free throws as much as he was. So I don't know. Like, is he is he banged up? What's 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 going on? Friend of the pod, Zach Freeman said he tweeted out, "I stand with Ben Simmons." Dave, what do you think? Are you worried? Well, hearing hearing our friend of the pod, Zach Friedman, say that actually makes me feel better because he stood with Tobias Harris, and uh, that's that's the that 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 if there was a if he had money on that one, he's uh he's, he's laughing his way to the bank right now. Um, look, Ben Simmons. There are 450 players in the NBA, right? He's defensively, he's number one. He's the defensive player of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Offensively, if there was an offensive player of the year, he'd be number 427. <laughs> at this point, at this point, I'm worried. I'm on, I like, <sighs> am I going to do this? Am I really going to, am I really going to do this? Of, of course you are. I'm worried about the place. playoffs. I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried about the half court offense in the playoffs because. I respect Ben Simmons. I like Ben Simmons. I root for Ben Simmons. I sometimes trade Ben Simmons in my head, but I still like him and want him to do well. I want us to win. And uh, he could very easily win us a playoff game with his defense this year, but he could also very easily lose us a few with his offense and his passiveness and his unwillingness to be aggressive and even look at the basket. He doesn't even look at the basket. Like it's kind of, it's like, it's bad. It's, Pathetic. I mean, four years into his career, he's regressed offensively. He's regressed. If you watch summer league highlights, he's pulling up from 19 feet and it's pure. It's clean. It's going through. And he just like doesn't even look at the basket. He's doing his teammates a disservice. He's not, he's absolutely not a point guard in the modern NBA. Anybody that advocates for Ben Simmons, that he's an actual point guard is you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. How can you watch Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray and Steph Curry and Damian Lillard and Kemba Walker and James Harden and Kyrie Irving and think Ben Simmons is anything like that? He's not a point guard. He's a very specific, unique player. Um, And I think that if you just right now flip-flopped him with Bradley Beal, I think we're better. I think we're better. I really think we are better off. And if you take MVP'd and this version of Tobias Harris, which is unbelievable, Tobias Harris is averaging what, 21 a game on 50, 40, 90? How many people have ever done that before? You got that guy. Right now, he's the second option on offense. Ben, uh, Danny Green might be our third option on offense. It's not Ben. He's not one of our top three options for scoring the ball. If you just, if you take Bradley Beal and put him with this version of Tobias Harris and this version of Joel Embiid with the surrounding cast, I mean, we would have had to give up everything. Ben Simmons, Thibel, Maxi, all our picks for Harden. That's James Harden. And you look at what Houston got for him now, just a bunch of picks in Kelly Olynyk. Fuck yeah, they'd rather have Ben Simmons. Hmm. You know? Do you have to give up all that for Bradley Beal? I don't think so. Bradley Beal is definitely not James Harden, but Ben Simmons, a, a clean swap, maybe throw him a pick or something. Why not? If you can keep 
not mortgage your future and just pretty much flip-flop Simmons for Beal, I think everybody wins. He's not staying in Washington. He's not re-signing there. They're going to have to trade him. They look what happened to Houston in the Harden thing, and I think they'd, they'd probably take Ben Simmons. I don't know who they're going to get better. It's, everybody wins, you know? You put a guy out there with this version of Toby and Joel that can score 50 any night, lead our offense, fill our biggest hole, which is perimeter shot creation, especially in crunch time. And uh, I traded him again. I traded Ben Simmons again. I always, I always trade Ben Simmons. Why does that happen? What do you guys think about that? After the trade deadline, too. <laughs> yeah, after, after the trade well, deadline. I, I think I mentioned to you guys earlier, I think it's a very strong possibility that Daryl looks to trade him if we go anything short of the, the NBA finals. I mean, and that's exactly that's exactly what I'm getting at. I think if, you know, if we don't, you know, make it to the finals and, and you know, have a chance, I think I think Maury moves on from Simmons this summer. Yeah. And, and it could be fair or unfair, because, I mean, we are playing the, you know, the freaking. 2019 All-Stars and the in the Brooklyn Nets if we got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Um, I do see the other side where we right now have the second or top two defense in the league. And, you know, they always say in the past that defense wins championships, but it is a new game today, you know. And uh, I'm worried about us getting into a, a crunch time situation where we're trading baskets with the Nets. And then all of a sudden – Look, I know the Nets aren't great on defense. They've been a lot better since they were, like, dead last. But a lot of defense is, like, um, anticipation and effort. And I think in the playoffs with a, a whole new game and everyone's locked in, I think I think the Nets could have a passable defense. So when they lock in on Embiid and Toby and you're looking at Ben Simmons with the ball, like, what's he going to do? Is he going to – not even look at the basket, drive through the paint and just dribble around and then look the pass when the shot clock's too late. And that, that worries me. Uh, I have some hope because our defense is so, is so good, but I'm also a little worried. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think, and I should say, I think we, I do think we have a chance with this current team. I don't want to say that, you know, tra- trade Simmons are bust. I mean, I think we have a real chance. Bro- Brooklyn's pretty banged up. I mean, Durant, Still isn't back. He might be coming back soon, I think I saw. But now Harden had an MRI, is being reevaluated with a recurring hamstring, and Kyrie's never stayed healthy in his life. And I, they're the only team that I, I think any other team in the NBA, I think we have a real chance in a seven-game series. But if they're healthy, I mean, yeah, they have no one to cover Embiid, but Durant will totally shut down Tobias. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, he will. Durant is a great defender and he's like seven yeah, feet he tall. Is. He could they'll throw him on Tobias and then they don't have to really put anybody on Simmons because he's Simmons. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, re- seriously. You're right. You're right. I mean, just look at him. They, they no one, they don't guard him and he doesn't make them pay. You know, he doesn't, and they play 20, 15 feet off of him. You know, he just is looking to pass it as soon as he can. Backwards. So, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I do think we have a chance, though. I mean, if we can just avoid Brooklyn or if they're not healthy, if they're healthy, I mean, forget about it. No one is going to beat Brooklyn, but and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm pulling for I would love to be proven wrong. But, uh, you know, sample size is not in our favor of, you know, Ben Simmons. And I'm, I'm confident Toby Toby's playoff track record isn't great either, but he's uh, he's not the problem right now. This this version of he's Tobias not- Harris is, is far from the problem. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not small sample size for that anymore. This is, this is Doc Rivers, Tobias Harris, and uh, I'm, here, I'm here for it. I like it. GameStop Toby. 
This is him. We uh, never, we never d- doubt. We never, never said anything <laughs> bad about Tobias, the mm-hmm. person. We've never said he's a great guy. <laughs> never said anything bad about him. But uh, I think it's it's a, all good points, Dave. I mean, I'm hopeful because our defense is elite. It seems, but it's hard enough to play four and five on offense, especially when we get to the playoffs and half court. But especially four and five when you know that missing link is your primary ball handler. I and, and I'm, I'm interested to see what happens when George Hill who we're not sure actually exists, uh, comes back and plays for us. But uh, it, it, it does make you miss, like, uh, man, we might have missed out on Lowry, which was – we discussed in the last pod, you know, it was a high price to pay. But uh, I, MVP Embiid, is, this is what, his fifth year? Fifth year playing? We haven't seen him with a, a true point guard in five I still, years. I will still firmly hold this position. TJ McConnell is the best point guard Joel Embiid's ever played with in his five-year career. I wholeheartedly real, believe that. Real quick, can we give a shout-out to TJ McConnell, who uh, I don't know if you guys saw. JB, you will love this. He hit a – he was the good guy down the stretch versus the Spurs in overtime for the Pacers, and he hit a shot to kind of the dagger. And he walked back to the bench, and you could see clearly in the video he mouthed, that's what the fuck I do. Mm. Get McConnell. I love that. Oh, it's our boy. Did you see that, JV? Of course I did. I was oh, so awesome. happy. Oh, that and, was awesome. And did I also see, like, is he, like, leading the league or top three in steals or steals per something? I'll or tell you some- right now. Yeah, Dave's looking up. I think he is, actually. That sounds good. NBA.com in front of me. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Dave might be right. Uh, TJ McConnell, who won us a playoff game, by the way, versus the Celtics. The only one. Wow. Steals per game. Number one, Jimmy Butler, former Sixer. Number two, Drew Holiday, former Sixer. Number three, Kawhi Leonard, future Sixer. (laughs) Number four, Fred Van Vliet. Number five, Philadelphia's own prodigal son, TJ. Timothy John McConnell. Off the bench. bench. 1.7 steals per game. There he is. Look at this. Oh, my God. I can't believe my eyes. TJ McConnell, fifth in the league in steals. Nerlens Noel, fourth in the league in blocks. Rashawn Holmes, second in the league in field goal percentage. <laughs> Process Sixers thriving. Coming to six in steals. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah, shooting 40% from three this year. Unbelievable. How about if it? you guys could add one Process Sixer to this team, who would it be? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait that's a great question let me think for a second i i think i, I have to take cub still wow who might actually is everybody is everybody healthy healthy Every- healthy considering healthy like uh, i don't consider drew holiday a process year, by the way yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah 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 that didn't care i was literally choosing between TJ Cove, Nerlens. Yeah. TJ Cove, Nerlens, or Tony Roten. First person that <laughs> popped in my head, Jeremy Grant. Oh, oh my wow. God. Give me that five. Give me that five man rotation. I want that team. <laughs> Give me that starting lineup. If, if TJ, they stay together, Tony Roten, Covington, Jeremy, and Nerlens. Oh my God. How many wins if they stay together five years later? <laughs> At least 65. I don't know. <laughs> Ten. But I mean, we saw all these process sixers in the in the you know leading the league in these categories, and then look at Simmons. Oh, never mind. There is no Simmons in any fucking category in the top five. 
That was stupid. I didn't take that back. But I see Bradley Beal leading the league in scoring at 31.3 <laughs> points per game. How about Danny? What is he like? Is he real? He's shooting 41% from three. Is that above Nominal. average? Like for that's him? A, that's like his career. Yeah, I think he's like, a like he's, around, 39, he's around 40%. Yeah, 39%. I think he's 39 career percent. I love Danny Green. I want to say I've I never I've never wavered on Danny Green. I've stuck in the Danny Green is is a better version of Covington Camp since we got him. <laughs> and people have people have been frustrated. And I I love Danny Green. I hope he resigns. I hope Danny Green and Dwight stay. I think um I think next year I like George Hill's under contract. I feel good about George Hill. Does he exist? I don't know. He might just be part of the simulation, but i I see a world where Next year, George Hill, Danny Green, and Dwight Howard are just like our three trusty veterans off the bench. And our starting lineup has some combination of like Seth Curry, Bradley Beal, Matisse Thibel, Tobias Harris, <laughs> Joel Embiid. Right. And then the bench is like George Hill, Shake, maybe Ty- Tyrese is maybe not quite ready yet. Maybe Farcon comes back. Vibes would be Danny strong. Green, Danny Green, Dwight, Paul Reed. Ball, Paul. That'd be AFG League. Let's fucking that, go. That's good. That's a good vibe team, man. I want that team. I want that team. <laughs> and I think I think Thibel is is slides into the starting lineup next year. I think he's ready. Year three. Mm-hmm. That's usually the breakout. He's been good. That's he's usually good. if someone's gonna break out, it's it's usually year three. And I think like he had a bit of a sophomore slump at one point this season. We we loved him last year. He had a really promising rookie season. He's incredible on defense and he's starting to play well again. Like he's getting over that sophomore slump. And uh, I think, Take I think Thibel's, yeah. Like the best version of Thibel, if he can just become like a 40, like a 35 to 40% three point shooter, how is he not Shane Battier? Yeah. Like a, or like a Bruce Bowen or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. I, he's yeah. Bruce Bowen. Exactly. Something and like some, somebody like that. Even early on, like he seemed to like fidgety on defense. Like he was like always falling for the, the baiting moves and he was just too out of control. Sometimes he looked like he settled in. Like mm-hmm. he looks like a force defensively now. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be important to have. And I don't know if we will be able to rely on shot this year, but he's definitely going to get a lot of playoff minutes and uh, he's going to be important, especially if we play someone like the Nets. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Listen, we, we don't want to be, a negative Ben pod. Maybe, maybe we do, but like, I, I, I don't want to be like Dave was saying earlier, like I'm, I'm rooting for him. Um, I'm, I don't want to hate him, but we have some serious concerns, right. For the playoffs. So like we see that time and time, like the playoffs are a whole different sport and I'm sorry, I'm being a dead horse, but they really are. And uh, I, I have concerns, but you know, I don't think it's a, a bash on him to say, like, we need to see him perform in the playoffs. I think that's true. And the same goes for Toby. Tobias was – he was barely an NBA player last year in the playoffs. So, um, you know, it's it's good to see him playing well. Like I said, we never said anything bad about Toby, the person. But uh, we, we do need to see him in the playoffs, and I don't think that's, like, unreasonable to say. But um, anything to add about Ben before we move on? No, but once a podcast, I, I noticed something that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, and I have to say because I can't believe my eyes. Atlanta's the fourth seed right now? Yes, sir. <laughs> wow. Holy Can you shit. imagine if we get Atlanta, if we get the first seed and get Atlanta oh, in the second no. round? 
No, God, oh, come I don't on, play June. No. no, I'm with I'm with June. Oh, I'm with June. I don't want to play Atlanta. Can you imagine Trey Young against Ben Simmons? Can you imagine Trey Young defensively? So... <laughs> yeah, Trey Young defensively. The they'll put they'll put Trey Young right on Ben Simmons. He's gonna get out of jail free card. Oh fuck! I, I rolled myself into a quarter of that one. <laughs> Why is Miami not doing good? I don't know. They're right there. They're like uh, they're a game. They're game behind the fourth seed. New York I'm, is still I'm, there. Charlotte, Charlotte, and Atlanta. And Atlanta. What the? What are they doing there? <laughs> Four and five. What's going on? Yeah, well, Charlotte's not missing Lamelo and Gordon Hayward, so it'll be interesting to see if they fall off a little bit. Uh, Toronto stinks. Um, Toronto got blown out today too. I think uh, Toronto's not even in the. They're not even in the plan right now. They're eleventh. Yeah. Gary Trent is dope. Uh, I was. I was. I don't know if I said it on the pod or if I told you guys separately, but uh, I didn't love the Oladipo fit. Miami, I think they got him for nothing, but he's someone on a contract year who needs the ball. We're like playing with Jimmy Butler, who also needs the ball, and they're not great shooters. Uh, Oladipo, who I like, but only had like what make one and a half good seasons, you know. Uh, I didn't, they got him for nothing, but I didn't, I don't love the fit there. So, uh, they got we got we also got blown out by the Grizzlies, who uh blew out the heat tonight. So, uh, maybe it's just the Grizzlies are good. But um, the, the eight seed to see where the heat and the the eighth seed Grizzlies, I will add. Are they, at they are our, the eighth seed? At least wow. our playoff team right now. Yep. Um, I I, lo- I actually really like the Grizzlies. I I love John Morant. I absolutely love John Morant. From yep. uh, where is he from? Murray State. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Embiid. We talked about it earlier. June, what's that face for? This guy on the Bucks just dunked on someone. Uh, I thought someone like I thought someone like that. My, my first reaction was that someone the Sixers get hurt, but I'm, that's dumb. There. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of the Bucks, Drew Holiday. Oh, the contract. Drew Holiday, 40, 40 million a year. Good for him. Wow. Yikes. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton making a lot of money uh, over in. And I wonder what those Wisconsin state state income taxes look like. I'm sure they're minimal. I'm sure they're minimal. So good um, for them. Meanwhile, we're paying we're paying uh, Ben and Toby a shitload of money too. But any, anyway, Embiid, Dave, you alluded to it. So happy to see him uh, be where he is right now. Especially when we we thought he was done. We thought he was done for the season. And uh, to put up put up a performance that he did tonight on only a second game back was like a big sigh of relief for me. Um, he looked fine. He looked like his normal self. He went back to his MB, MVP form. Um, yeah, I, I especially with, did you did you guys see the the step back late on uh, Luke Cornett? And he was he was feeling himself after that. He was uh, he was he was trash talking. So uh, love to see it. Um, not much more to add about that. I must I must I can't say enough how happy I am to see Embiid on the court and looking fine, especially versus the Celtics. Uh, what do you guys uh, anything to add about Embiid? One thing I, w- I want to add about Embiid here is that him and Dwight Howard are the only two centers on the roster, so they they must be confident in his health going forward. And uh, but that still feels light at center, right? We I mean, all these years we had five centers, and now all of a sudden <laughs> we only have two centers, and one is Embiid who's hurt half the time, and the other is the thirty-six-year-old Dwight or however old he is. How are we feeling about the center position? I, I don't know if it's that. Um we're just conditioned to 
to need more centers because of our idiotic GMs. Or, but, but I do feel like it's weird. I, as we just saw, when Embiid's out, which is very possible that he has to miss a game, what, we can't start Mike Scott. He's the worst player I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. And, and the like... Doc Rivers hates Paul Reed, unfortunately. Man. He said I he have wasn't a th- ready, right? I have a theory here. I think in the playoffs, I don't know if, like, maybe this is just wishful thinking on my end. Uh, maybe Doc isn't this smart, but maybe, or, uh, I'd like to tell myself that he's holding his cards here. But why not play Simmons at some center minutes? He's fucking – he's big and strong enough. He's fucking seven feet tall. <laughs> you know, he's – absolutely useful or useless everywhere else in the half court offense. Why not play him some minutes at center, you know, not like crunch time or anything, but like, you know, just look at him. He just stands under the paint. Any kind any kind of, you know, scoring is done, you know, either attacking the basket or around the rim with his little baby jump hook, which is nice. I would like to see that more often. He, he, that's his, his, the only thing he has, a, you know, somewhat of a go-to shot. So I would like him to do the baby jump hook more, but like we need at least a, one more center. We need a third center. And I thought it would be Cousins. I always had a feeling they Cousins, because Cousins loves Embiid. I thought maybe he'd come here. Maybe Doc would give him a call. Doc's good at that recruiting. And, yeah, he went to the Clippers. So now it's just Embiid and Dwight, and it can't be Mike Scott. I, I mean, if Mike, Scott's, if Mike Scott's playing minutes in the playoffs, we're in trouble. Oh. And uh, I don't know. Maybe they're going to surprise us and uh, put Simmons at some center minutes. How do you guys feel about that? I, I need to see the experiment. I, I think we did try – maybe we did a couple minutes early on, and I remember seeing on Twitter that it wasn't pretty. Mm. But, of course, it wasn't. We need some reps. Um, yeah. Or can we just go sign Ice Bath Amir Johnson? Ice Bath Amir. <laughs> or, Ky- or the Ice, ba- Ice Bath Kyle O'Quinn. Oh, One of the iterations yeah. of Ice Bath. Yeah. Who's out there? Is there is there anyone left on the buyout market? Marcus. Is this true? I saw on Twitter that there's only like that. three days left until like buyout candidates are still eligible for the playoffs. Is that true? No. Oh, I don't know. Because that means our our locker, our our um, our roster is pretty set. If that's true, because I don't Jesus. see any more buyout <laughs> candidates. I don't know who they were. Who do you guys think was the guy that Daryl Morey alluded to that him and Doc was they're anticipating he went on the buyout market? Do you JJ? think it was Gorgie? Mm. I think they said they might have said center. I could Where, be wrong. When did they say this? I don't even know what you're referring to. It was uh, the post-trade deadline press conference that um, Daryl Morey had on Zoom. He alluded to like the buyout. They asked, I think someone asked him about the buyout market, and he said something along the lines of like there's a player that him and Doc anticipate will go on the buyout market, and they're going to look hard at him. And I think that's pretty much all he said. For some reason, my brain is looking to a center, um, but I could be wrong. But I don't. Other than Maybe Marcus Saul, because I've heard rumors that that relationship isn't working out too much. I don't see a lot of buyout candidates, guys. Our so, roster might be set. So what what does that mean? You don't get a buyout if that if there's really is three days. The only way you could adjust your roster is just like plucking people that aren't on a team. Already already free agents, yeah. I think so. Or if someone gets waived later on. Like where did Greg Monroe come from? He wasn't a buyout, was he? Is, I don't remember. Maybe he, he might have been. Either. Not that he's a good president at all. I, don't I got it. Yeah. 
I uh, I'll, I'll look into it to see if it's true. But if that is true, that's uh, that's not great. It's not great. Um, we Daryl had... the blood. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I mean, we trust Daryl. He makes the right moves. But uh, what were you we talking about again? I don't remember. Anyway, uh, but that, that it made me think about the uh, the buyout market this year and all the players like Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge went to the Nets, um, Andre Drummond, and Ben Macklemore going to the Lakers. What what are your guys' takes on this buyout situation? Is it is it out of hand? Is it just is what it is? Uh, what do you think? Like is 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 uh is Adam Silver need to do anything? I think it's I think it's ridiculous some of the yeah. activity we've seen from some of these teams. OKC just shutting down Al Horford for the season. This guy is making thirty million dollars a year this year and the next two Healthy years. Scratch. Healthy scratch. You have Blake Griffin, who is you know was st- I think still was going to make a lot of like forty million dollars from Detroit for the next year or possibly two years. Just bought out. Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, he was a huge free agent signing for San Antonio just three years ago. That was, you know, maybe three or four years ago. That was, you know, supposed to be like usher them into the next next era of their franchise. Just doesn't want to play there anymore. Buys them out. Orlando having a complete, obvious, obnoxious, in-your-face fire sale. Just Vucevic and Fournier and who the other guy. They just trade him. Aaron Gordon. Gordon. They just trade him for picks and young players. Blatant tank job. Um, Houston just not opting for Kelly Olenek and picks instead of Ben Simmons, just blatant tanking. I mean, at what point does the league step in uh, to protect the sanctity of the game, true nature of competitiveness and, you know, the, the, whatever happened to whatever happened to, you know, playing to win. I mean, all these teams, they're just a bunch of losers. And I'm seeing I'm seeing a bunch of losing cultures being formed all over the place. And I think the NBA needs to step in and do something about it. It's a real shame. <laughs> On if the I, anniversary of Sam Hankey's letter, too. I mean, what realistically, what do you what do you guys think could be done? I mean, this could be this could lead to other teams doing the same thing and just completely throwing out the competitive balance of the of, of our great sport. Well, we uh there is some news that there is a guy who has a free time because he's no longer the president or whatever of USA basketball. So he has a time <laughs> on his hands and that's Jerry Colangelo. You don't say uh, we have what, like what you name three, four, five teams that are, that are putting the sanctity of the game in trouble. He could yeah. spread his time amongst all of them. And here's the best reason why. Cause he's, he's, um, he's, um, you know, familiar with Skype. I believe, right? Isn't he a big Skype guy? Was <laughs> in Arizona? Wasn't he running right. us from Phoenix via Skype? <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. He could have all of them on conference. He could send Brian, who uh, who's is he still in Australia? I don't know. Send Brian to go hey. take the visits because he's younger. You know, COVID could still be a risk. Maybe he doesn't want to go out and see the teams. Last time yeah. I checked, they had Skype in Australia too. I, I think they. I think this could work. So there you go. I think. I think it's. It's a. Uh, it's very important that Adam Silver, because if I'm an OKC fan and I'm going, I'm paying my hard-earned money for these games, and I see Al Horford on the bench with a healthy scratch, and I'm like, wait, he's our second best player. He's our I wanted franchise. to see Al Horford, you know, Believe and I, I think that's an embarrassment for the fans. It's an embarrassment to the game. Uh, not even trying I mean, to win. Think of all the think of all the poor kids that got Horford jerseys for Christmas. I mean, what do you, what do you, as a parent, what do you tell your child, your child? 
I almost booked a flight to OKC just to watch one of their games for him. What a disgrace. I had to cancel my flight. Shame. I, uh, there, uh, something has to be done. I mean, he, it, was, it was obviously the right move, stepping in with the Sixers, right? Mm-hmm. So I think uh, OKC and Orlando and the Rockets, they can Pistons. only benefit. Don't forget the Pistons. And, the, and, the, and don't forget the, the Pistons. Uh, but uh, it really, like, I, I, I do think it's, it's ridiculous that and, you know, they're saying the teams are doing this to maintain relationships with the agents. You know, they don't want to burn bridges or anything. But, like, sitting Blake Griffin out for however long he did and Andre Drummond for the months and then just buying them out and they go wherever they want to go, I, it's a little ridiculous. I, I don't think – I'm not going to say, like, it's unfair or anything. Um, but it's just – it's just like – it's like, come on. You know, it's like, you know – it's one of those things that you know is a little ridiculous, but you can't really do anything about it. Um, yeah. I, I, th- I, I think they could make some changes. Like, maybe, it, like, their salary counts against their cap or, like, part of the salary counts against the cap because they're basically getting them – like, the Pistons and the Cleveland, they're, they're paying their salaries, right? And they're, yeah. they're getting a whole new different contract with this team. So they're still getting their money. So that maybe that money should count towards the cap or something like that. Like they'll have to something. pay an extra bonus, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a little it, to get Blake Griffin might maybe washed, but he's still a solid player and has the knowledge and everything. So like to get him for nothing is, 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 is silly. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, look, so- if I uh, real quick, if all these teams are worried about, you know, just uh, maintaining good relationships with agents. Boy, do I have good news for them. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, JB. <laughs> um, I think I was just going to say that, make a stupid joke that silver's in over his head. Um, <laughs> but why don't any of these buyout guys pick us? Do they not want to play with Ben? Oh, maybe. That's a good point. J- Jimmy can't rule it out. Can't rule it out. Can't rule uh, it out. They went to uh, yeah, right because it's not like uh, it's not like they went to Brooklyn for the weather, you know. Yeah, they, uh, they went to the, the team where they thought had the best chance to win championships, and maybe they looked at uh, maybe they we're not the team that they they thrive on because I, I I would assume these players are still trying to get contracts after this year, right? And who went to? Didn't someone go to Milwaukee? Or my, uh, I'm thinking of the PJ Tucker trade. Yeah, they traded. You know, it's yeah. funny because my my dad, we were watch, I was watching the game with my dad earlier, and uh, still banned, still banned by the way. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he made a comment, and he was like, "You know, how did how did Boston do nothing in the buyout market? Like, how did they how did they not upgrade the center position? Like, even Daniel Tice, he's right because even Daniel Tice was annoying against us, you know. And now they have nobody. They have Luke Cornett and Robert Williams." Like and Tristan Thompson doesn't even play. I don't. I think they like kicked him off the team. I think he's like not even with the team. And uh, like he's like, how did nobody want to go sign there? And uh, I was like, well, I mean, nobody wants to go to Boston. I mean, they had. I mean, look look at their free agent history. Gordon Hayward left after signing there. Didn't didn't stay. Al Horford left. Didn't want to stay there. Kyrie Irving didn't want to be there. Marcus Smart doesn't want to be there. You know, at what point? And it's like a Boston, it's cold and racist there, like Utah, you know? Are we kind of the same? Are we like – do people think about Philadelphia that way? I hope not. <laughs> they might because uh, that's just – that's immediately how I think of Boston, and Boston and Philadelphia are pretty similar. 
Do you think a big thing of the Boston was uh, Danny Ainge trading Isaiah Thomas after oh, the that, whole playoffs thing? I think that's definitely a huge part of it. More fuel to the fire for sure. Rewind Absolutely. that for me. Give me the. Give me the. Uh, it was the season where they were the one seed. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals to play LeBron. Isaiah Thomas was an MVP candidate. Um, sister died in a car crash, I believe, in the playoffs, yeah. and he literally played like the next day. And, and scored forty like or something, or something, yeah, yeah, something like that. And then in the off season, I think we were pretty set going into the season. And then all of a sudden, like a week before, Kyrie was like, "I don't want to be in Cleveland," all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, no one saw it coming. They traded Isaiah Thomas and a bunch of picks for or a bunch of players for Kyrie. And uh, it was a big thing. Like like Isaiah Thomas like poured out his heart and soul for you guys, and you just trade him like he's nothing. I I think that is something to be said about maybe why yeah. players don't like because like um. Anthony Davis had Anthony Davis's dad. Do. Yeah, Anthony Davis's nothing dad didn't want him to play in Boston. Remember that? And then oh, plus, wow. Isaiah Thomas even said, you know, remember he tweeted like they're gonna have to back up the Brinks truck, and then he got traded a week later for Kyrie. It's like, yeah, we're not paying. We were never gonna pay you, undersized. But uh, so yeah. classic I mean, racist Danny Ainge. I don't know. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> in, if it was, if we were fans of the Nets or the Celtics, that's a great trade, right? Oh, 100%. You do, that every time. <laughs> you do that every time. Isaiah Thomas and a pick for – Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, and a pick for Kyrie Irving? Yeah. That was a fantastic trade. Unbelievable trade. And then, he, he and, then he like signs, and then he signs Hayward and, and Horford, free agents. What a and – and then you draft Brown and Tatum, and now you got nothing – what did he? I think I think Angel should be on the hot seat for having the world by the balls and and you know dropping it through his fingers like that. Wow, they had everything going for them, and then now what do they have? It's pretty crazy because we always talk about that trade with them in Brooklyn, how they fleece Brooklyn, completely fleece them, and that was what 2012. Look at them now. Yeah, that's wild, it, right? It's crazy. Where did what happened? They had it. Where did everything go that they had to show? Like they have Brown and Tatum are a direct result of that trade. Those are two. Brown and Tatum should be on the Brooklyn Nets. Just like, yeah, that's that's those are those. So that's what that 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 was great and that worked out. But then, like, how did everything else not work out? How did they? It's, it's actually not work out? it's honestly baffling to me that they're having the season they are now and that they didn't get anything out of. They had so many well-rounded players. It's so many. Did they have too many good players? And like some players wanted bigger roles and what? And did the locker room just fall apart? Who knows? But uh, it's astonishing the team they had. And they I love walked it. away with it without I anything it. yet. I it's mean, fantastic. listen, Jalen Brown, Tatum, 23, 24. They still have good years ahead of them. But uh, for this year, it's a. And, you know, they had COVID and, and weird things happened to them this year. So it, I, I definitely could think you – I definitely do think you could say something like uh, it was just a weird year for them. But uh, it, it's interesting to think about. But I'm, I'm not counting out the Celtics yet. Um, I still think they're decently good. Uh, always have anxiety when we play them. Uh, it was just a nice win tonight. But uh, it's it's definitely interesting to think about that the Nets were, are where they are now. So, uh, yeah, guys, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think that's all I got for you guys on my list. Do you guys have anything you want to add? No, I'm good. 35 and 16, feeling good. Back to number one. Tied for one again, right? Uh, yeah. We have the Nets next week. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll actually have the schedule, but we do have Nets next week. James Harden likely not to play, but there's a chance we see Kyrie and and Durant. So yeah, that'll be a fun one. So we have New I'd Orleans. Like to, I'd like to play them full strength with us mm-hmm. full strength. I'd I like really to play would. them us with George Hill and them with everybody. I'd like to play them. Ooh, I'm sorry, I just thought of a point that I forgot to mention earlier when we we're talking about the Nets and uh, and their big three being healthy. It's going to be really interesting, even if they are healthy in the playoffs. But with like Harden being out and then Durant being out and Kyrie sometimes being out, they there's only like 20 games left in the season, guys. We could be talking like they go into the playoffs with only like 12 games played together. They played seven together, right? I think I saw it today. Yeah. Seven. So maybe maybe that's a factor. It, it, I'm not counting us out against the Nets. I think we also we're not counting us against that, but like we, we are fearful. But um, I can see a world in which. You know, we do give them a very good series. Maybe we steal it. Who knows? But uh, it's I think it's a big thing. I don't, I don't think that's nothing. If they go into the playoffs only playing like less than 15 games together. Yeah. I think it's definitely a thing. So um, real quick before you guys go, instead of what's for dinner, I got a, I got a, a controversial food question that me and June have been debating. Hmm. Are you guys steak guys? Oh, steak guys like red yeah. meat. Yeah. Like steakhouse, get a nice, nice juicy steak. Um, I appreciate. Can I go? Can I go first, JB? Yeah, can I go first. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate. Well, I, mean, I, have, I have another question leading off of, after that. But you got <laughs> all right, all right. That was a hot question. <laughs> I appreciate a good steakhouse experience. Um, and uh, but growing up, I was never like in the mood for a steak. You know, if my if my mom was making steak for dinner, I wasn't happy about it, and. Uh, I don't know. It's like if it's cooked wrong, it's terrible. It's dry and tough and, you know, not I wasn't. But I like I said, I appreciate a good steak. I'll eat it. I'll go to like at the uh, what's it called in Miami, in Miami at my bachelor party. If we can get in there, I'd like to go to the new Surrette Steakhouse. You know, the salt. Oh, yes. He comes up. He comes up to the table and and does the salt. If he's there, I would love, I would love that. I would love to have that experience. Sprinkles his uh, COVID salt all over. Yeah, Give me it. Give me the COVID salt. I need it. Um, Yeah. So uh, I appreciate it, but I was, you know, it's not my first choice. Similar to Dave, like I, I I do like or love going to steakhouses and maybe that's just because it feels good to blow money on a single meal but I, I like never cook it myself or anything. I'm probably not going to have a good answer for whatever your question's about to be. <laughs> I, I literally watch YouTube videos on steak. I, I, hey, I love dude. steak. You're I, a steak guy. It. You're the sous vide I'm guy. A steak guy. You got it. I'm a sous, yeah. uh, sous vide, all that stuff. So See, I would love to – You're the steaks that you post, I look, I would love to – I would appreciate – to uh, slam one of those things, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be medium rare to medium. Like Amanda always is, is a own strictly well done, which I think is. Oh, that's a She eats hockey pucks. <laughs> Wait, I'll give, I, I'll give you one worse. My lovely fiance Stephanie. Not only does she get her steak well done, but she puts ketchup on it. Oh no, <laughs> that is oh, disgusting. Yeah. We uh, we went out to a nice, uh, uh, might have been like a anniversary dinner to Barclay Prime. She ordered the chicken. No. <laughs> she ordered the roast chicken. Is your question, and, uh, is that a violation? Because the, the short answer that's, is yes. That's 100% violation. But no, my question was, June is a filet guy. I'm a ribeye guy. I was going to ask you guys which one you prefer. Oh. JB, do, you, do you have a take? I I get 
granted, I don't go to these places often, but I know I usually do order filet, and everyone I'm with usually says they probably agree with you, Nuge. So like, you got to get something, something else, whether it's ribeye or Tastier, some other shit. Fattier. I don't know. Yeah, but it's so easy to cut into a nice little. Oh, it's yeah, tenderloin absolutely. is great. It's it's very tender. It's you know it's it's awesome, but the ribeye is next level, man. It's the the taste and the fattiness and I hate fatty fat. though. You yeah. like the fat? Oh, excuse me. Out. I could if you eat. I, I don't. I can't eat like a chunk of fat, but if you like cut pieces of it and put like eat it with a nice piece of steak, like it's it just melts in your mouth and oh. it's like it adds the flavor. Fat means oh. flavor. I know Dave watched Sam the Cooking Guy. Fat means flavor. Yeah, it does. It is true. It's true. Look, if I want, if I want to, if I, if I want to feel good after I'll eat the, I'll get the filet, but you know, if I got nothing to do the next day and I can just sleep in and gorge myself, give me the fat, give me the ribeye, give me the, give me that, give me the greasiness. I like, I like that answer, but no, I like both. I like, uh, you know, that's a cop out answer. I'll give you like, all right, here you go. You ready? This is my, this is my steakhouse spread. This is my Del Frisco spread right here. You ready? <laughs> I mean, honestly, flip a coin ribeye filet. It's going to be fucking perfect. You know, it's going to okay. come out delicious, right? Nice, nice piece of meat, lobster, mac and cheese, Brussels sprouts. Got to have some Brussels on the plate. Uh, what do I, what am I missing guys? Maybe a little, I, a little, a little surf. Maybe a little I surf. Love a some lobster. Oh, I love a salad at a steakhouse. Like to start, mm-hmm. not as like the meal. Yeah. Um, well, I agree with that. Hope it's up your palate, you know, a little broccoli on the side. Never hurts. Ready? Brussels work too. Wow, yeah. we should go to a steakhouse after we get a Sankey. Ooh, let's go. Barclay Prime, get maybe get that $100 cheesecake. Yeah. In addition to a ribeye in the filet. It comes with a bottle of champagne. It's worth it. <laughs> champagne, beautiful. They'll cut it. If there's four of us, they'll cut it into four pieces. So we each get a $25, $25 shorty. Is that basically. like one, is that like one bite? Uh, No, it's like, you know. Uh, a quarter of a sandwich? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, a, it's like a Wawa shorty. Maybe a little smaller. It's like yeah, three. Sure it's like it three to four. It's four. Four good bites. I feel like <laughs> I would. I need my own. <laughs> uh, then we go and we all we all get our own. We'll, get and we'll have four bottles of champagne. <laughs> four cheesesteaks. If not one day, I'll I'll you guys come over. I'll sous vide a little. I'll, we'll do a ribeye and we'll do a fillet. We'll do a, we'll do a taste test. All right, I'm Ooh. down for that. Yeah, as long as you cooking. Yeah, yeah. I we'll, can't we'll help at all. <laughs> We'll, we'll mix it in with a Sixers game. We'll do that. I like that. Uh, but I pre- June, do you do you want to defend your take before we go? Filet? Yeah. Just easier to eat, and I'm not like a bar- barbarian eating the ribeye. It's, like, <laughs> it's about the dining experience, and it tastes good. So Yeah, it's still good. Nothing wrong with a filet. But, uh, we'll get to the bottom of it real soon, guys. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll stay we'll, – we'll, we'll plan a time, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. So, guys, uh, I know it's late. I appreciate you joining. It was a great pod. Good to be back. Uh, can't wait to release this one. So, guys, talk to you soon. Have a good night. Later. Night, fellas. Take care. Guess me, guess me.